You're listening to the Black Hole Tsunami Mega Mix by DJ Clock Nova. Off the hook. Mission accepted. Welcome back to the Archangel and the Etchy Swim Podcast. This is your host coming back at you once again, the Captain Speaking. Hope everybody's doing wonderful on this Tuesday or whenever this is going to come out. I'm honestly not sure. And today we have no guests. So guys, guess what? For the first time in forever, it'll be just me and you. For the first time in forever, I don't got a guest member of my crew. It'll be just me, the captain, and the viewer, which is you. So if you look out the window, you'll see the magnificent view of the cosmos and everything that lies between. What was that one song of a frozen two? Oh, quick side note, actually, <coughs> before I get started, back when I, back whenever I used to work at the movie theater, uh, Frozen 2 had come out, and that was hell on earth, with this one girl, my one co-worker, my other, um, Kayla, yeah, I hope she's straight, she's like a physical therapist, dude, she was young as hell, but, uh, my girl Kayla, we was in, um, we was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody from our job been listening to it. So we was uh, we was cleaning theaters the one day, and um, she had this one song that she liked in Frozen too. And it was her last day on the job. We were busting together, or er, ushering together that first um that first half of the shift or whatever. And she was ushering in uh, Frozen Two later. No, Frozen Two, it was ongoing. And we used to be able to do like movie checks. We would like walk into the theater and make sure everything was going straight. Basically, we got to watch three movies while on the clock, which was pretty clutch if you ask me. Anyway, Frozen 2 is going on, and the one song, it was like, it was bro solo. It was like, I am lost in the woods, wondering if you still care. And like, I had walked past the theater and like heard it, but I fully heard it. And she's like, yo, let's go, let's go in real fast. I want to, I want to show you something. And that uh, that part of the movie was playing, and that song was playing. Yeah, that was a pretty change. Okay, let's start this movie. Mm. Without further ado, yo. All right, so today's topic is if we always make topics. Um, you know, fuck it, bro. I ain't even gonna. I ain't even gonna cap. So I'm in philosophy class, right? I'm chilling, and the assignment we have is to watch The Matrix. I mean, obviously, I've seen The Matrix in a bunch of time. We gotta watch The Matrix and answer questions about The Matrix. Essentially, it's pretty straightforward. But that's our homework, right? And we was also a few months ago. I was reading, or I'm still reading, Republic by Plato, and I stumbled upon the allegory of the cave. 
and we also covered that in class. And if you're not familiar with the allegory of the cave, basically the way it is, there's prisoners who are tied up in chains in this cave, and they're tied with their backs to the wall. The, the way they're tied in the cave, they're tied with their back to a wall, and in front of them is a wall. And the whole life, their whole life, all they've known is not being able to move, not being able to turn their heads or anything. Just being chained to that back wall and facing the wall in front of them. Now the captors, in order to entertain themselves, they have like this big fire going behind them and they dance around the fire. They got different stuff walking past like horses, people dancing, carriages, a bunch of type of shit, right? And the prisoners down at the bottom of the cave, on the wall they're facing, they just see the reflections of all that stuff happening up above them or behind them. But since that's all they know, that's just what they accept as reality. Like, those shadows are all that exists in the world. They just take that as all of existence. And so one day, one of the prisoners is freed, and he gets to leave the cave. And he goes to the outside world, and obviously he spent his whole life in the darkness, tied to a freaking back of a cave. So one, his limbs don't really work, so he's gotta like learn how to walk and all that, but that's not even the worst, the least of his worries. Because once he gets outside to the cave, obviously, he sees the real world, like the sun's out, the sun blinds the hell out of him, there's all this like ridiculous stuff, which, I mean, obviously isn't ridiculous, because that's just the real world, but as somebody who's been accepting shadows as reality for his whole life, they basically 180 his freaking perception of life in general, and so it like collapses his mind, basically. And so he spends a certain amount of time basically outside learning the truth of the world. And it's pretty agonizing because it's like, bro, I've been, I've been living in the cave this whole time. That's what I accepted as reality. Now you want to tell me there's a whole last world out here with sunlight and all this whatnot? But eventually he adjusts to the light of the sun and comes to understand all the stuff in front of him to the point where he's able to see his own reflection in the water. And he goes back to the cave and he's trying to tell his people, he's like, yo, what you seeing in front of you, this ain't this ain't the real world, bro. Like, this is just reflections of stuff that's actually taking place. And obviously, they spent their whole lives in the cave, they ain't trying to hear that. So, it's basically, it's a analogy of human understanding of knowledge. Like, the understanding, coming to, under, coming to learn knowledge is a very excruciating process because sometimes it just flips what you thought you knew on its ass, and you're sitting there like, bro, the hell is this? Just forced to reconsider everything you know about reality. But at the end of the day, even though it's excruciating, and you don't want to go through it, it's rewarding. Because at the end of the process, you finally figured out the truth of the world, or whatever that subject is. Anyway, so I'm thinking about that, right? And then I'm thinking about the Matrix. Which, if you ain't seen the Matrix, shame on you. But basically, the Matrix is, this dude Neo is a computer hacker. And one day he gets approached by this dude Morpheus. And he hand, he gives him two options for pills. I believe... Let me know which it is. The blue? Ah, yeah. So he gives him two pills, right? And there's the blue pill and there's a the red pill. He ba Morpheus basically tells him, this world is fake. Before he hands him the pill, he said, this world is fake. And he, he offers him two pills. He says, 
you take the mm, 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 he said uh he said, da, 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 da. he said you take the red no he said you take the blue pill Yeah, he said you take the blue pill, you go back to sleep and you believe whatever you want to believe. Then he said you take the red pill and you stay in Wonderland and I show you that's how far the rabbit hole goes. And basically the the red pill was the key to waking up in the real world. And obviously Keanu Reeves, aka Neo, takes the red pill and he wakes up and what he thought was like nineteen nineties reality was nothing but a simulation. In the real world it's like a desolate wasteland. It's being controlled by robots and all that fun apocalyptic stuff. But basically, Neo takes that pill and he wakes up and sees everything. And I was thinking about it, like, I've been thinking of inspiration of Matrix for like a while. Because I know, uh, I'll touch back on this later, but Ghost in the Shell, the 96 movie, if you haven't seen that already, you need to go watch that. That's a whole masterpiece. That directly inspired Ghost in the Shell. Like the Wachowskis or whatever they're calling themselves nowadays. Even said, like explicitly, Ghost in the Show was one of the big inspirations on um, The Matrix. Like the action scenes and whatnot, even the psychology bits. Like you, you can watch a side-by-side video of what's happening. There was that, and then like the big one obviously is a simulation theory. Which, I don't know who developed it. it might, I think it was before The Matrix came out, they developed this simulation theory. Uh, something like that like you might have to fact check me on that but there's that's like the main people think of when they think of the influence but I was sitting there I was like hold up hold up if you think about it bro the matrix is kind of sort of if you really think about it a retelling of the cave allegory you feel me cause think about it Neo is the prisoners on the wall he's living in that fake world everything you see in front of him he's just accepting his reality Morpheus, he's already been woken up. He's the prisoner who got to see the light. And he comes back to Neo and he's like, yo, I can show you the truth. You want to follow me or not? And Neo says, hell yeah, I follow you. And they just go about their business doing all that. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, yo, why is, why ain't nobody talking about this, bro? But you know, you know your boy, the captain had to bring it to you first, bro, was bothering the hell out of me. I ain't even gonna hold you. <laughs> Whole car right here, I'm thinking, yo. Yeah, am, I, am, I, am I tripping or is this just a cave allegory? You know what I'm saying? Let me see. I don't know what to think about this. Basically, the matrix is the allegory of the cave. I, mean, I need to get that off my chest in some way, shape, or form. And this happened to be that shape or form. So if you ain't seen the matrix already, watch the matrix. My thing is right. MF came up to me, showed me a freaking sneak preview of the real. Nah, not even. Told me the world I was living in wasn't real. What would you take, bro? It's like, you could always chill in the world you're living in right now. Like, you have the best life, but I mean, you gotta 
not a pretty solid understanding of what's going on, but in the back of your head, it's always going to be like, yeah, well, what you're doing right now isn't real, G. That's just going to, I might eat at you at the end of the day. Or, you can take that risk and go to the real world and be fucked. But know the truth. Food for thought, bro. Think about that. Oh, well, that's all I got for today. I just wanted to get that off my chest. It's a short episode. Not as big as the other ones, you know. I mean, this is. <laughs> you see, bro, this is what happens whenever I. <laughs> this is what happens whenever I think of what to say before I actually start saying it. See, this is why we don't go according to plan, guys. Because if I always go according to plan, the episode's only gonna be 12 minutes long. I ain't even gonna lie to you, Champions League is starting soon. I'm not about to miss that Barcelona game. So. Until next time, my friend, stay safe, be safe. Take it easy. This is your captain logging off. Peace. Cameron, tell me everything that you know. Like Cobra Pika, your final judgment lies in my hands. Your rhymes are gonna be authentic if catch the only plan. Compare my lyrics to someone trying to make easy bands. They claim they won in a million, but they don't understand.